Introduction. When I began writing Principles of Power, I never intended for my work to develop into a book. I started writing for the love of expressing my ideas and getting real-time interactions and feedback from social media. The vast majority of what's written in this book was merely a means to communicate my insights, ideas, and contribute to others. Over the past several years, I have received countless private messages and emails from people expressing to me the difference that I've made in their lives through me sharing on social media. Occasionally, someone would tell me that I should write a book. However, I wasn't inspired to do so and was content with merely sharing principles and ideas I was using in my life and contributing them so others in my community could use the ideas for their own lives for how they saw fit. I became inspired to write this book while on a road trip. I was at a used bookstore in the middle of Iowa. There was a terrible snowstorm and I was forced to get off the highway. I ended up stumbling across a used bookstore, which to my surprise actually had an excellent selection of books that I would read. And it wasn't one of those used bookstores with mostly junk. I stumbled upon a book by one of my favorite authors, Seth Godin, who luckily has also given me permission to use quotes of him in this book. The book that I found of his, which was called, What You're Gonna Do With That Duck and Other Provocations. The book was a collection of his writings that he had posted on his blog. And in that moment, I realized I had an attachment to what a book should look like. Through letting go of my attachment to what a book should look like and consciously choosing to focus on what I was committed to through writing a book, I had the experience of being freed up just to simply write and enjoy the process without having to worry about everybody getting it. I decided I would rather write authentically and not hold back knowing I may only be speaking to two to 5% of the population who would get it as opposed to writing in more general concepts and holding back a bit to attract more people. I, I think both models have their place. I just know that I'd have no interest in holding back to appeal to more people. It's just not something that I'm interested in. And I have tremendous respect as well for those who do choose that path. It's just not my path. So this book isn't meant to be read as some guidebook or book of advice. I'm more interested in sharing ideas, frameworks, and principles, hence the name of this book, Principles of Power, that lead people with more power and effectiveness in their own lives. This book is also not meant to be intellectualized, where you just walk away knowing more facts and information. That's not what impacts performance and effectiveness in life. I'm very clear about that. What I'm committed to with this book is to leave you, the reader, with hopefully you know, a few new insights and breakthroughs that can be naturally applied to your life and lead you to be pulled towards taking new actions and producing new results. What it will take from you is an open-mindedness, a sense of curiosity, and a willingness to try things on that may feel or seem counterintuitive at first. I can assure you that if you read Principles of Power from a space of agreement, uh, you'll most likely be left with no new insights, and this book will have been a complete waste of your time. What I mean by reading this book from a space of agreement is reading through the lens of what you agree with and what you don't agree with. I agree, I don't agree. This book will provide the most value for you when it's read from a space of actively looking for how this book can contribute to actual areas and circumstances in your life. Where the magic happens is when you see for yourself how these frameworks and principles impact your life in real time 
when applied and not just thought about or intellectualized. So with that being said, you could have a hundred people read this book and I would assert a hundred people would get different things out of it. Whatever new insights you get out of reading this book are yours to have. And anything that I say, even when you make an effort to apply it, if it just doesn't resonate with you or work for you, just toss it aside. My conversations also, they work a little bit like grenades. And if you know anything about grenades, you know that there's a delay between when you pull the pin and when the grenades explode. A lot of these ideas and principles that I'll be sharing with you work a bit in that way. I've come to discover for myself that after having shared many of these ideas and principles with thousands of people over the past decade, um, that's what, that's kind of how it goes. You know, it's quite common for me to share something with someone and it doesn't really click for them until much later. Um, sometimes days and sometimes even years later. So it's possible and even likely that something you read in this book will have an impact on you at a later time. And it will just kind of naturally click when it's meant to click for you. Also, these ideas and principles aren't where the power lies. The power of these ideas and principles lie in the thinking and the inquiry that come with engaging in these principles for yourself in your own way. See, it's one thing for an idea to be understood intellectually. It's an entirely different level of knowing when something is gotten viscerally and something shifts inside of you. These principles got at an intellectual level, while perhaps interesting, won't add much value to your life. So whatever you get at the level of your core where something shifts, that's where the power is. I think of this book like an arrow. So if you take an arrow and it points you to a destination, you getting to the destination is what matters. See, if you were to spend 20 years over analyzing the arrow and just stand in front of the arrow, kind of staring at it, what you would get is a lot of thoughts about the arrow, which would defeat the purpose of the arrow's function. So if you just think about the ideas in this book, it will really add nothing to your life aside from, you know, perhaps some interesting factoids you could talk about at a cocktail party. Um, however, if you really do the work and really start inquiring and looking to see how you can apply these ideas to your own life, then the insights and breakthroughs that you get through inquiring into these frameworks and principles are the tangible results you'll have after reading this book. And because you did the thinking for yourself and you discovered whatever that there was for you to discover, it's not something you memorized, hence you can't ever forget it. It's something that is yours to keep for the rest of your life. If you try to memorize the ideas in this book, you'll forget them over time and it will make no difference. I take the position that if you're reading a book on frameworks and principles, you're probably already more open and at a higher level of intelligence than the average person. You're also someone that perhaps has a commitment to growth and expansion in your own life, which takes a willingness to see beyond what you already understand. See, you're already probably more curious and interested in learning new things than the average person as well. You know, the person who is the hardest on yourself is also probably you. And that's actually good news for both you and me because I can't be physically there to coach you. You're just reading a book and you very likely don't even know me personally. However, I have found that people who are intelligent 
coachable and are already hard on themselves don't need much coaching. They don't need to have someone be very aggressive with them either. They actively look to see what there is to see for themselves and they'll coach themselves and just do the work. See, when someone discovers a principle or framework for themselves, smart people do tend to coach themselves and you really don't have to intervene uh, much other than just to hold space for them to engage in that kind of high level thinking. So you could say that this book is simply here to hold space for you to engage in the ideas and principles laid out in the following pages. Whatever you discover out of them is what you discover. Whatever doesn't contribute to you either at this moment in time or forever doesn't contribute to you. I also write this book from the point of view as viewing you the reader as someone who is already whole and complete, not broken, and there is nothing that needs to be fixed about you. I also take the position that any area of your life where you feel some kind of loss of power, um, some kind of disconnectedness or loss of your own self-expression or a, an experience lacking a sense of aliveness, vitality or connectedness to others, that it isn't a function of who you are, but a function of something that's in the way that you just can't see. And if what's in the way was brought into view, you'd be able to free yourself from it as opposed to taking actions on top of it, which is about as useful as painting over a canvas that has you know, already a painting on it to create a new painting. It just doesn't work, nor does it create anything new. Instead, it only produces more stuff on top of the old canvas. Like I say several times in this book, whipped cream on shit is still shit. I'll take the analogy even further and say that whipped cream on a delicious cake just adds to the delicious cake. Unless, of course, you don't like whipped cream, and then you can substitute that for some other topping that you like. Intended outcomes. You know, there are three intended outcomes for anyone reading this book. Uh, number one, to discover things in the way to get at the heart of what's not working. Number two, to see what's in the way that's preventing you from taking life to the next level in areas of your life that are working well. And three, to see new actions and ways of being that you can take on and apply to what's already working to further enhance what you're already up to in life. Lastly, there is no general rule to any of this. And however you use this book that actually adds value to, life, to your life is fine by me. I'm simply sharing how I see things and how I believe you can use this book to provide yourself with the most value and efficient use of your time. While writing this book, um, there were terms mentioned rooted in a body of work known as tribal leadership, which weren't always explained or distinguished out. Um, therefore, I decided to interview John King, who developed many of the principles and mental models discussed in this book. John is a dear friend of mine, someone whose work I uh, admire and also teach. And he's also a genius, even though he probably would say that I was wrong about that. He's just humble and I'm right. John is known best for developing the tribal leadership methodology and as the co-author co of the book, Tribal Leadership. You know, there are terms he uses when I quote him later on in the book, such as um, the cultural map or uh, stage four that don't have any inherent meaning in the English language. Uh, therefore, I interviewed John and put the interview transcript at the beginning of the book 
So you'd already be familiar uh, with those concepts and understand them within the context of what I'm sharing later on. And I, I just wanna leave uh, you all with saying that I, I really am beyond blessed to have the opportunity to uh, share ideas and principles, some of my own and many that I've learned from others. I hope you enjoy and get a lot of value from this book.